0: What I tell moms when they come in, they're like, oh, I wish I knew this with my first. You know, they're coming in with their second for an issue. And I'm like, listen, you are an amazing mom. You're doing the best thing for your child right now. You can't beat yourself up or be upset with what you didn't do before because you didn't know any different. And I said, you know better, you do better. So now you're on the journey. Now start from here and move forward and now do what you know that is the right thing to do.
1: Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Does your baby need an adjustment after experiencing the birthing process? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 143 of the Happy Home birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week, we are speaking with the Boyhens, Dr. Christopher and Heather, who are a dynamic duo as a chiropractor and cranial sacral therapist couple. They'll be sharing their experiences with home birth, as well as their expertise in body work and neural work for newborns. It is no secret that I love these forms of care, and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share with you exactly how and why they can be of such help for your family. Before we jump in, I wanted to very quickly thank our reviewer of the week, and that is Therese Dansby. She said, normalizing home birth for me. I'm pregnant with my third and planning my first home birth. When we first decided this, it felt scary and rebellious and, as a NICU nurse, admittedly risky. But the more I listen to episode after episode and engage in the Happy Home Birth Facebook group, the more I'm not just comfortable with but excited about meeting this baby in the comfort of my own home. Therese, thank you so much for leaving this incredible review and it just makes me feel so good that this has been a help to you along your journey. If you'd email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com. I would love to send you a happy home birth podcast sticker. And if you guys have been listening for a while and you feel the same way that this has really helped you on your journey, would you just take a quick second to go to Apple podcasts or wherever it is that you listen, leave a hopefully five-star rating and maybe even a review because this really helps other moms find the podcast. The more that this show is rated and reviewed, the more often it puts it in front of people as something that they may like. So I'm so grateful for that. And let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and jump into this podcast. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and the show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Hey there, everyone. So I have the buoyants here right now, Dr. Chris and Heather. Thank you both so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thanks for having us, Caitlin. We're happy to be here.
2: Morning, Caitlin. (laughs) Good
1: morning. So, I would love it if the two of you would take turns introducing yourselves to the listeners. Excellent. I'll let my lovely husband start.
2: (laughs) Uh, My name is Christopher Boyne. I uh, own a Line Life Chiropractic and Natural Health Center along here with my wife in Asheville, North Carolina.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually a pediatric cranial sacral body worker, and um, I'm lucky to be working alongside my husband.
1: That's amazing. You guys have such a wonderful practice. So, I'd actually love to hear how you both got into your lines of work. Dr. Chris, how, what was your what was your introduction into chiropractic care?
2: It was a little bit of a non-traditional route. I think as a profession it's been an upward one of upward mobility, but you know, my birth it really started with my birth story. You know, I was tugged out from my mom with four steps and she she probably had a pelvic misalignment and didn't know about it or, you know, no one ever told her to go to the chiropractor. And then as a result of me getting tugged out, the top bone of my neck shifted out of alignment so severely uh, that I wound up being my pediatrician's worst case for chronic and allergies. Mm-hmm. And no one ever suggested to my mom take get me checked at the chiropractor at that young age. And uh, I was always in and out of the hospital. I was in and out of his house, getting sick on his floors, always taking a pill or a shot to cover up what was going on and no one ever took the time to explain to us what was going on or showed us a picture and you know when you're 10 years old you start getting your dreams and aspirations right you ever as a little kid you think about what is you want to do in life and for me it was to be a professional football player and because of my asthma of uh, being so out of control the doctor said he i shouldn't do it And in my heart i didn't believe him and i wheezed my way all the way to a division one football school but every day i took a shot or a pill to cover up what was going on. And it was a really bad situation because uh, after my freshman year, I just couldn't get out of bed and my body stopped functioning. And I had to take a medical leave from my team. I was kind of crushed. You know, you, you lost your ability to do something you've been working hard for, for 10 years. And during that time, all of a sudden my back started hurting. And I was like, great, shoot me now. You know, I'm in the mm-hmm. best physical shape of my life, but internally I feel terrible. Now my back hurts and somebody, I don't know who it was, I owe them a great deal of gratitude, Is like, hey, go see the chiropractor, and he, for the first time in my life, somebody took an image of my spine, and in my uh, thoracic cage, there was a 20-degree curve in my spine, and he's like, hey, don't worry, we can fix this, I was like, listen, buddy, I'm pretty much on rock bottom, you know, let me see what you got, and seriously, in three weeks, my spine moved 12 degrees, I could breathe better, my grades in school got better, never mind my back stopped hurting, so that kind of set me up to think differently about the body. You know, at the time I was a sports medicine major, uh, focused on athletic training for kids, high school and college athletes dealing with their sports injuries. And they'd come into the training room and sprain their ankle. I'm like, okay, did you sprain your ankle or did you sprain your ankle because your hip or neck is out of alignment from what I'm learning from this chiropractor. And that just kind of set me off on this path uh, to where we are now.
1: Wow, that's amazing. And Heather, what about you? How did you get into craniosacral work? Yeah, so
0: I'll I'll cu- I'll keep my story short, but it's kind of an, an interesting segue because it began with chiropractic. Mm. So uh, way back, rewind to high school, I was a pretty competitive soccer player. I played Olympic development camp at Mass State team. I got a college scholarship. So with that being said, I took a lot of falls, right? So that not realizing what that does to your pelvis and what that does to your back as a woman and as a young girl. So then I started having a lot of back pain. In college, I took this amazing class with a woman that was a body worker, and she introduced me into cranial sacral body work way back then. And we were doing body work in class as part of the anatomy class. It was a it was a hands on anatomy class that used cranial sacral body work to teach anatomy. So is this really forward thinking? class. And during that time, I was getting these amazing changes in my body and I felt so much better just with this little, you know, modality. And so fast forward a little bit more. I have my first child, Ben. Um, He was having a lot of issues with um, ear infections, with um, colic, with all, all those sort of fussy symptoms. Come to find out he had a tongue tie. And so at that juncture, you know, tapping into the mothering community and the holistic community, I found resources and they're like, you need to try chiropractic. So that was kind of my first real stint at chiropractic. And I always tell Ben, my oldest, who's now 11, I'm like, you were my experiment child, mm-hmm. but I love you, but you've taught me so much about life and where I am now. And so I'm grateful for that for him. And so because of that, you know, he also had a tongue tie and, you know, helping him through his needs, I got, I went back into body work and sort of got more certifications in order to help him with his struggles. Um, And then as time went on, I learned more about how chiropractic is really valuable for, for women's health, for pelvic alignment, for having a good birth. Um, And from my own personal stories, I've had four, four births now, and they've all been pretty completely different for the most part. The last two were sort of similar in a lot of ways, but in terms of having my pelvis in alignment it was a game changer in terms of pain in terms of short labor successful outcomes the whole thing so yeah i'm definitely a walking testament to the chiropractic world and to the cranial
1: sacral body work. So yeah, you and you have magical hands, oh. <laughs> and we will we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But I I'm so overwhelmed with uh, with both of you. You both have just helped my physical body so much, and then Heather with with one of my newborns, it just was. I mean, it was a whole new world to me. So this is uh, it's so exciting to have you both on. And as you mentioned, you two just had two back to back home births. <laughs> And I I would love to hear about this experience from two people who know so much about the body, who understand, you know, the anatomy, the physiology. I'd love to hear your stories, starting with pregnancy and what types of steps the two of you took together to prepare. Let's start with Boston Rose. Let's start with her birth and her pregnancy. What What was that like?
2: start here. You're definitely right, Caitlin. Heather is the baby whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> she is. I, I wish she could hold me like that sometimes <laughs> you know, after a long day's work, but uh, you know, I was very fortunate to meet Heather and uh, her, she brought her two wonderful boys, Ben and Luke, into our marriage. And she you know, told me about her traumatic birth stories, uh, both of them and all that she did and the failures. And you know, in chiropractic school, we learned about birth. And I had a spinal biodynamics teacher, Dr. George Orger out of Greenville. and he had three different stories and he shared those with us about the different types of home births and not having a birth plan and getting stuck in the hospital. And then you hear some of the more traditional things, like you watch the movie business of birth and Heather was pushing a different decade of life. And, uh, I was a little apprehensive when she said she wanted to have a baby. I'm like, you're going to die, you know, then the baby's going to be special needs and I'm going to be stuck with it. You know, this is terrible. And then she's like, I, you know, I did like the idea of home birth, but because of what I was taught, Traditionally, that I felt that she was at risk. We definitely didn't want to do the hospital because I've heard the horror stories and home birth. I was like, I don't know if things go sideways. So the birth center, but eventually, through some education and coercing, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought the home birth would be a good idea until the fact that they said they want to set up a horse trough on my wood floors. I'm like, you're insane.
0: Which is like a huge birthing tub. That's Big birthing tub. like you and
2: your kooky friends are nuts. But uh, I got to tell you, um, Two things made it successful. Um, you know, Heather had had some chiropractic care and the system of chiropractic, the Pierce Result system that I practiced. We were able to change the uh, neurological tone in her neck. She had a reverse curve in her neck prior to us meeting. And from working with her, we got the curve to start coming back, <laughs> which took her body out of flexor tone, both in the interior upper body and the lower body. And you can see the difference um, the way she was carrying Boston Rose all throughout. and towards the end, Boston Rose was shaped in a certain way. And I'm like, well, you better watch out. She's going to come out like a bullet.
0: It was LOR, <laughs> which is like one of the more ideal. I'm
2: like, you're going to, it's going to come hard and fast. And she's like, no, my birth take a, a month or, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. And I was it feels like, like, a month." yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think so, honey. You know, and, um, within three hours, we almost had to slow it down. It was coming out so fast. Uh, we didn't even know what hit us. And, um, Successful birth. Boston Rose was born in full extension. You know, from day one, I didn't have to adjust her. The minute she was born, I did a little adjustment the next day, and there was like one little complication. Um, Her the cord cord got caught on her shoulder, Mm -hmm. so I had to rotate. The the, uh, midwife was smart enough to say, "Hey, just turn this way," and then she came out completely. So we just had to give a little continued care after that first month uh, to get her frontal lobe a little stronger to hold her adjustment. And now she's fine, she's happy, she's healthy. And I gotta tell you, home birth is where it's at. I was walking around in my shorts and my socks on, listening to my own music, no one's bothering me. (laughs) Uh, I was so happy Heather yelled at me three times, I was making too much noise.
1: (laughs) Just hanging out, man. This is a party.
2: Yeah, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, who yeah. would ever want to be going to a hospital and be told what to do if you could be in your own house doing your own thing? You know?
1: Yeah, so- and I love, I love hearing those stories too because I do feel like a lot of times it can be that the your husband, your spouse feels a little apprehensive, like I, I don't know about all this crazy stuff. And then I know in my situation, Thomas, Thomas always was like, okay, fine, we'll do that, but. He didn't understand the deep benefits until it happened. And then suddenly he is the greatest proponent of home birth. You know, he's the one shouting it from the mountaintop. So I love hearing that.
2: I'm standing next to Thomas, you know, and I actually (laughs) want to be a sounding point for all the dads out there to just guide them through that part, you know, and I was highly educated and I still had some reservations more so because of Heather's health, but I didn't realize how powerful the, changes that we made in her body actually affected the birth to be that much better. I mean, when you hear the story of Benjamin compared to Boston Rose, you would think you're talking about two different people. You mm. know? And uh, that just shows the importance of being prepared. I think often we get caught up worrying about the color of the nursery or what we're gonna get at a shower versus actually preparing yourself for this physiological experience that's about to happen.
1: Amazing. Heather, speaking on that, I'd love to hear what you felt in pregnancy You know, prenatally comparing, let's say comparing Benjamin with Boston Rose. What were the differences that you experienced? Did you notice a big difference prenatally?
0: Yeah. I mean, with my first, I think with anybody, you don't really know what you're doing. You kind of just go with the mainstream model unless you're lucky enough to have a sister or a best friend or somebody that you value that educate you about home birth or educate you about other options. Mm -hmm. But most of society, I would say, doesn't necessarily have that. And so, and that was me initially. I came from a mainstream medical model family and trusted the system. And, you know, I thought I was prepared. I took all the natural childbirth classes, the Bradley method, I did yoga, I exercised, I ate fairly healthy, the whole thing. And I thought, well, this is great. I'm gonna have a natural birth in the hospital. (laughs) And boy, was I wrong, right? Because I didn't have that care provider there witnessing my changes and sort of being in tune with me. And like what happened in that first scenario in the hospital, they put you in a room and they kind of leave you to birth and they come back and check on you. And it's stressful. Like the setting is not the same. You feel like you're alone. You don't know what you're doing. Your partner probably doesn't know what they're doing or how to support you. And if you didn't hire a doula, you're just kind of like, you feel alone and it's stressful. And so I didn't have anybody in there witnessing, okay, this baby's in a posterior, posterior position. You know, how can we help her navigate this? You know, I didn't know how to check that for myself at that juncture. And so labor progressed with a posterior baby, and I pushed with the posterior baby, and it was awful. Like it was so painful. I had an epidural, I had the heartbeat monitors on, I'm hooked up to everything, you can't move around easily you know, it was just, it was very traumatic, to be honest. I was, had a lot of emotional trauma after that birth and I couldn't like talk about it without crying and the whole thing. And I really was so thankful for that second, my second birth, which was my first home birth. Cause I feel like it rewrote that story for me and kind of gave me my power back. Yes. Um, but yeah, physiologically, I mean, I thought I was prepared, but, uh, you know, boy, was I wrong. And I think, you know, in retrospect now, like Having a support community, I think that's the number one take home, take home message here is finding a su- support community with how you want to birth your child and getting involved in those conversations before, hopefully before you get pregnant, but if not certainly while you're pregnant so you have, you know what your options are and then you can make your best decision for yourself because Nobody can tell you what to do and how you want to birth your baby. You need to make that decision and you need to be comfortable with it because you need to be comfortable with the outcomes.
1: Right. Yes, that that idea of taking full responsibility, no matter what, this is my responsibility. Yeah, and it's my choice,
0: you know? So, And I think that just one thing I want to touch upon about what Chris had mentioned just previously is I feel like male the male partners there's not a lot of support in society. They don't have these conversations like women. We can now probably find community to speak to about things like this, but men are just like, okay, here we are. We're pregnant. Who do they talk to? Right. You know? So I think that's, that's definitely a gap that needs to be filled is having, helping your, your partner find support and hearing it from another man too. Mm -hmm. I think that can be more powerful for the for the guys in
1: our life i agree i think that is that's such a fantastic point point. and i just want
0: to highlight this because i'm like so over the moon about this our last birth um my two older sons the oldest doesn't like anything to do with medical blood guts. He just, I don't want any, I don't want to be near anything like that, mom. Mm -hmm. And so the second one, he's more of this in tuned little being. And he of course is my first home birth. And we said, Hey guys, you want to be present for the birth? You're welcome to. I'd love to have you if it feels right for you. And the older one's like, no, no, no way. I'm (laughs) not doing this. The younger one's like, yeah. And so he just turned nine right before the baby was born. And he witnessed the entire thing wow and the whole birth and he was so cool calm and collected he was like this little grounded meditated being and why I say this is valuable and important is because now we're changing the narrative for these boys yes like this is normal and this is healthy and hopefully you're going to take this ingrained in your brain and take it to your partner when it's time for you to have a baby and Mm -hmm. you're going to be this amazing supportive guy
1: Hey, mamas, I'm going to interrupt for just a second to let you know that I have a totally new, totally free home birth guide for you. It's called the top eight home birth resources checklist, and it is full of clickable links that will take you to the best podcast episodes, educational resources, and classes regarding home birth in order to get you ready for this life altering experience. Want in? Just head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash top eight to get your hands on it. Okay, back to the episode. Oh, I love that. Yes, and I love the way that you guys made it an open invitation. You can be here if you want. You, You don't have to. We would love to have you here if that's something that you feel good about. And. So the benefit of that is, okay, so one of your sons was right there in the action, but the other one still knew what was going on. He was still part of everything in the way that he wanted to be part of things. So it still leaves such a positive
0: sense. And all the prenatal visits, you know, most of them, they were here in our home. The boys were present. After the baby was born, we woke up the big guy when it was all said and done, and they got to cut the cord together and weigh the baby and do all that. So they were part of the you know the
1: aftermath as well oh that is so amazing now i would love to talk about how how your two most recent births went at, in terms of prenatal care i know that in north carolina it's really hard <laughs> like it's just really hard. really hard to have home births and of course for those of you listening different states have different regulations different laws and midwifery is midwifery is basically illegal in North Carolina. It's not illegal to have a home birth. It's just that midwives can be legally criminalized for this. So, working around that in places that that have such ridiculous laws can be so difficult. So, I'd love to hear what what that was like. Did that add anything to your birth experience?
0: Yeah. Well, especially, so we use this, we were lucky enough to use the same midwife for both these last two home births. But, you know, in North Carolina, if you're a midwife, you need to be licensed and practicing under a medical doctor. Hmm. If you're not, then you're not technically legal. Right. And uh, you know, I wasn't going to have anybody that I wasn't going to have the medical establishment controlling my birth. (laughs) So that wasn't going to happen. And I, because I had already had a C-section with my first, technically I'm not allowed to have, um, a home birth. And I wouldn't have been allowed at the birth center, which sadly just recently closed in North Carolina in July. Mm. Um, that's a whole nother thing, but yeah. So I was just lucky to have this woman that could support me. That wasn't, is an amazing midwife. And, um, it it just was a game changer for me. So the other, the other thing that you can think about some people, there's a, there's quite a large free birth network up here. Mm -hmm. Um, so for women that want to make that choice, that's definitely an option. There's doulas that are certified to help you with that process. Uh, personally, I'm not comfortable with that for my own stories and my own reasons, but there's definitely women that are, and there's people that need that. Yeah. So there's there's newer things kind of evolving up here.
1: Right. Really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So I'd love to get some details. I'd love to hear what these home births actually were like from both of your perspectives. What was your first labor with Boston Rose like? And then let's go to the second.
2: Yeah, well, I think Heather touched on some having valuable team members. You know, our midwife was a sweetheart, but a true renegade. And knowing that (laughs) I had her on the team with a good doula put my mind at ease knowing that, you know, my role is important, but it's secondary, you know, and that these other roles are gonna be more primary. You know, I do everything I can chiropractically and support as a spouse, but there's other things that are not my wheelhouse. So having that there was clutch. And um, Heather waited for me to come home to go into labor for Boston Rose. And uh, she's like, oh, I'm gonna go up and take a shower or bath and she was acting funny. So the boys and I brought her up her favorite drink and some sage to have a good little candle bath. (laughs) And then she came down and laid on the couch in a real funny way. And I'm like, are you ready to admit you're in labor? (laughs) She was in denial for about a good hour or so. And uh, she's like, okay. And as soon as she said that, the water broke about 30 minutes later. And I was just astonished about how much kept coming out. You hear, like, you see the movies, like my water broke and you see like a little wet spot. (laughs)
0: I have to interrupt for a second the water breaking was amazing so (laughs) Chris was so amazed by the water breaking here I am standing in our bathroom my water's breaking it's all over the floor and I'm like can you get me a towel I'm like and he's just watching he's like this is incredible no like what's happening (laughs) so I didn't get it up right away because he was just in awe that because it just kept I had a lot of water just Mm -hmm. kept coming out so um, it was a healthy yeah. thing. I right. enjoyed
2: it because there was a piece of me that went on autopilot. We had the plan. We had the, the birth tub. We designed it and got, we have a tankless water heater. So we're able to like match the water temperature perfect for when she was to get in here. Mm-hmm. And like every team member arrived just on time. Um, and then as soon as the midwife got here, Heather was crowning and Boston Rose was out in three hours, like turbo. Wow. So you were right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had an
0: amazing water birth in this tub. Like Chris mentioned, she has a horse farm where she lives and she's got a horse trough. So it's a huge plastic, you know, sturdy plastic tub, unlike your traditional like blow up mm-hmm. home birth tubs. And I'm telling you, that is the tub to have because you really? can lean into it, you can bear down on it. Like,
2: you can swim around. Yeah,
0: it's big enough for two people.
2: You built a seat in it.
0: She yes, she was wow. amazing. She had all these tricks. So she basically lined the bottom of the tub with a bunch of towels, mm-hmm. and then a cinder a cinder block, um, cement block, and then put a towel over that for, you know, comfort measures. And then put the tub liner over that. Oh, so tub. When you're kneeling down, it's comfortable. You know, it's sort of squishy with the towels, uh-huh. and you still have another elevation level if you want to sit or change positions and use the, the you know elevation of the cinder block you can do that as well so she she had her she knew what she was doing
1: that's so smart i love that yeah yep so that birth was quick just like dr out. chris you said it was intense but it was well worth it yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and no. like you know chris mentioned before with her the cord was wrapped around her shoulder and so when she came out i had to move, like gently raise my hips a different direction to help her sort of navigate out at that very end and that comes to mind because, you know, you can plan for the best births, even a home birth, and you can still have some sort of complication, so to speak.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's,
0: you know, a reason that that would require, that would be a good reason to get body work and you right. if you have a cord wrapped around a body part during, during birth or in utero because it can create tension fascially and misalignment structurally. So it's great to get a chiropractic check and some, also some cranial
1: sacral, if you can do it. That's such a good point. Now with your second birth, how was that one? Was that similar to Boston Rose?
0: Yeah. I, so I feel like my body didn't have much chance to kind of recover before we were pregnant again.
1: So that what's, was yeah. What's of, the age difference.
0: They are 18 months. Okay. Yeah. So they're my two closest, um, you know, and it was during the pandemic. So that was a little crazy trying to get out and you know, I was digitally remote learning my two older sons at the same time we had the new to be toddler coming along. <laughs> it was, it was quite an experience, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, you know, I was lucky to be, able, we live in a beautiful neighborhood. So I'm lucky to be able to go for walks every day and, and sort of stay healthy considering the situation. Um, but in terms of his birth, yeah, the sort of same thing. I guess it was a little bit longer, but still fairly short. It was probably like closer to six hours, um, same thing. I went into labor and this time I had a few more, you know, tools in my toolbox. I had just read prior to going into labor, some woman's strategy about how she would lay down and sleep and just pretend she was sleeping during early labor and just try to relax. So I, (laughs) I used that strategy and it was awesome. I was like, I'm just going to lay in bed as long as I can and, and rest and relax and feel the contractions come and go and breathe through it. And we did that, I would say for the first, you know, three hours of it. Wow. And then after that I got on the floor and I had set up a little station on the floor. I've got some kundalini sheepskin rugs or pelts that I love, the energy of them. So I had those out and I had my couch and I was kind of on all fours. And at that point, my doula was there and she was just massaging my back and just, you know, giving me some affirmations and just encouraging me. And then at that point, when things started getting a little more intense, I was like, okay, we're ready to go in the water. And again, Chris nails the water every single time he gets the water temperature perfect. Because my first home birth, I also tried the water but it was too cold and that was awful. Like getting into a tub, but that's too cold and it messed up my whole labor and it was just, it was not a fun thing. So um, I really appreciated that he was able to get the temperature like spot on for both of these last births.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal.
2: Uh, I definitely learned two things from Boston Rose's birth, you know, Heather, early on in the labor of Boston Rose got in the shower thinking that hot water would help, but then the cold air around it actually made her body become tighter, Ah, you know, kind of delayed the process and made a little more uncomfortable. And then, you know, I was thrilled that Boston Rose came out in three hours, didn't have the same story as Benjamin or Luke, but I was also like, well, what do we got to rework here to make this better? And we changed one of the adjustments we did and throughout the um, whole, um, Pregnancy with Christopher Lincoln. Her body was just different. Her her hips were more open. She's like, I don't feel the pain. I had to adjust her like three times. It was insane. Wow. Like didn't need any very little care. Uh, I think the hardest part for her was chasing after Boston Rose as a toddler, you know, I I feel for them. You know, in our practice, we say mom is a tough business and, um, you know, two births back to back in the fourth decade of life chasing after a toddler can be very taxing (laughs) and um, so that was a nice change to see um, when the birth came, when Heather didn't get in the shower and practice that exercise of laying on the bed to get calm and then get in the tub. And also to see the difference of her body physiologically, both during pregnancy and birth. Where, and I think the birth kind of fits the child as well. You know, mm-hmm. Boston Rose is our firecracker. She wakes <laughs> up in you know, the fuse and her hair gets curly and she goes. <laughs> and uh, the minute that we held for Lincoln in our hands, you could just feel like, He's firm and present, but very smooth energy. And his birth was very much like that. I I think Heather and I got to enjoy it more this time because it's she was having intense contractions, but then this smooth time where we could laugh and talk and Mm -hmm. tell her I love her because you know, and all that fun stuff. But we didn't have that experience the first time. We were just holding on to the roller coaster.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this first, the fourth birth that he's talking about now with with Link, our newest was this really surreal experience for me. I was able to go between the two worlds of um, the omnipresence of like being in the ethers and being in like the spiritual place and then like going internal for that and, and handling the contractions. And then when the contraction was over, kind of coming back into the present with my my birth team and my husband and just being able to laugh and talk and things were like fine. And then, okay, here comes a contraction. I'd go right back into this deep internal place. It was really a wild spiritual ride for me and just a beautiful awakening for me to able to, to juggle back and forth between those two places. So yeah, it was, it was a very powerful and, uh, Enjoyable as much as that can be when it's intense, it was still an enjoyable experience. Then, oh,
2: that is uh, beautiful. eyes open, rolling over after two weeks. You know, yeah, good golly. Like two months. Yeah,
0: he's yeah, he curled right out he's of his blanket. So it's legs. just
2: a testament to having a happy home birth. No, no pun intended to the <laughs> podcast here, but there's when you nail it, you see the difference in your kid. Mm-hmm. That's what that's the magic. Knowing that. You know, the day after Boston Rose was born, I couldn't stop crying knowing that she wouldn't have to have fighting for air like I had to fight. Like life is hard enough, but I just couldn't stop crying to know that she would never have to feel that sensation, what that feels like to have a 50 pound weight, breathing through a straw, fighting for your life. Oh,
1: it that's amazing. And it's interesting, I was kind of processing some of that in myself lately with I was a C-section. I was taken too early, <laughs> not even ready to be born. So I had wet lungs. Spent all of this time in the NICU, and it just... I mean, when you think of when you think of yourself, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I got through it. But a lot of times, if you think of somebody else, if I were to hear about that experience for somebody else, I would hurt for them and think, oh, this poor baby that had to experience this and the trauma that that you know put inside of my body and now being able to see okay well my children don't have to go through that the choices that we made and and just you know the grace of having smooth labors but also being able to recognize they will have other traumas and and I'm going to be keen <laughs> I'm going to look for those and when I see them do what's necessary do the body work do the chiropractic care to keep them healthy
0: absolutely yeah I mean it's it's so great like in our practice children often come in when they go through milestones or changes in milestones it's always a great time to come get checked because if you're shifting through a milestone you're kind of stuck your child's stuck it's not really making the progress it as quickly that you feel like it's intuitively as a mom you' think like, oh it's a little behind that's a great time to come in and get checked and we want to keep our kids in balance so that they grow balance and and even and, and happy and healthy and it's so easy to come in and do that and remove that interference and help them feel better and be on their right journey and their path hmm. um versus like struggling. Yep. You know, there's no need to struggle. Right. But until you know what to do, you don't know any better. So exactly. You know, that's always what I tell moms when they come in, they're like, oh I wish I knew this with my first. Hmm. You know, they're coming in with their second for an issue. And I'm like, listen, you are an amazing mom. You're doing the best thing for your child right now. You can't beat yourself up or be upset with what you didn't do before because you didn't know any different. And I said, you know better, you do better. So now you're on the journey. Now start from here and move forward and now do what you know that is the right thing to do.
1: To yes. And that is that's where I found myself with with Janie and not knowing, you know, she had a tongue and lip tie, but we were still able to nurse. And so I just thought it's normal for your baby to be, you know, tightened up into a little ball. That's just what they were used to in the womb. So that's normal. And then with Lillian, she's she had a tongue and lip tie as well. And but it was so detrimental that she. She wasn't pooping, number one, which is why we came to see you, Heather, just a few days after she was born. But she was so tight. She wasn't nursing well. I knew we've got to get something taken care of. So I'd love for this part of the episode for us to kind of jump into that, into the body work, into um, chiropractic care for newborns specifically and for growing babies. Um, But so I I remember taking Lillian to your guys' house and having you work on her on your couch. And what I saw happen visually was amazing, where she went from this tight ball to her arms and legs fully extended. I didn't know that newborns could look that way. I had no clue that that was possible. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, Heather, with, with body work, number one, when should when would a mom think okay maybe I should bring my baby in? What are some signs for that? And then what is it like for you as a as a cranial sacral therapist to see these bodies unfurl?
0: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I would say anytime that you have difficulties pre, like if we're going to start from the beginning prenatally, Mm-hmm. Um, when your baby is, you know, in utero and there's any complications there, position wise, things like that, that's a great time for you as a mom to get body work, to get your your spine checked as well, to make sure your pelvis is in alignment. It's that's could be one of the reasons the baby's not rotating correctly in utero. Mm-hmm. And that, so that would be one important reason. Number two is your birth. So, you know, what is your birth? Like, is it super fast? Is it super slow? If it's super fast that can put a lot of cranial pressure on the systems that's a great reason to get checked and if it's a long labor and a baby's stuck um, in a certain position for a while that can also create a lot of pressure so those are kind of two important things to consider super long or super slow labors and deliveries and then if there's any complications during the delivery like the cord issues or if you had um you know, an OP baby or a breech baby or things like that, that those would be other indications that you would definitely want to have your baby checked. As far as when the baby's born, you know, after they're born and they're here, if they're like colicky, you know, if you're going to a regular PCP and nobody's giving you any answers and you're just getting that label of your baby's colicky, well, that to me is usually because they don't know what it is. Yeah. You have a fussy baby, they don't know how to diagnose it. So it could obviously be stomach issues, tummy issues, breastfeeding issues, gas, things like that. Um, but it can also be interference in nerve flow. And it can be that flexor tone that you were speaking about with um, Lillian. When the body is in flexor tone, it's forward. It's almost like that text neck where everything's in that forward position. And you don't want that. That's that's not a good place to be. You want to be more in extension, more open, kind of like if you were doing an up dog in yoga where you're like opening your chest and opening your neck, almost like tummy time, right? That sort of thing. So you want the babies to be more relaxed like that. So if you're noticing your baby is always stressed or upset or crying a lot, can't be comforted easily, is in that forward flex tone, is tight, just looks uncomfortable. And intuitively as a mom, I think you can read your baby. You're like, ah, something's not right. those are all really important reasons to, um, to come get checked. And so I also wanted to add Caitlin about, you know, when a mom comes to see me with uh, a baby for cranial sacral body work, and we're talking during that time, I'm also kind of doing my own assessment saying, okay, I'm finding this, there's maybe a brain imbalance, or maybe there's some primitive reflex that are not that aren't totally online yet. And that's something that my husband, Dr. Chris can handle. That's something that he can help the baby alleviate for that baby. And so you know, oftentimes moms will come to me and they know, oh, they've heard they need to go to a chiropractor, but they're afraid of it because they've only heard it's like, it's harsh. It it sounds like bone cracking. It's not something that they're a little afraid of it, you know, for their brand new baby. And so for me, when I'm working with them, it's a good time for me to make that connection and kind of help educate them that it's really not what they're thinking it is. It's much more gentle. It's very gentle pressure, even for the chiropractic adjustment that they're getting. And so at that juncture, I'm able to educate the mom and kind of help her feel more comfortable with it. And then I'm able to make a referral to my husband to do the chiropractic piece because the body work's not going to alleviate the primitive reflexes. It's not going to alleviate the brain imbalances. That's definitely something that needs to be seen by um, Dr. Chris. Mm,
1: that makes so much sense. I, that is such a good point because I do feel like a lot of times moms are, they've never done chiropractic themselves. So this idea of what i <laughs> I'm gonna take my newborn baby to someone who's gonna push on their bones. So you're saying this is gentle, gentle pressure.
0: Way gentler, yeah. Way It's way different than people might think in their head. Mm. Or if they've seen it as an adult, whatnot. It's completely different.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for that. And one You're other good. thing I, I wanted to ask you about, Heather, was the tongue and lip tie. So many people experience, so many newborns are being diagnosed with this tongue and lip tie situation. What does chiropractic and cranial sacral, how can they improve this situation?
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, it's really a team collective approach when it comes to the best uh, outcomes for phrenectomy patients. And what we're seeing is like the team of having a lactation support person if it's a baby that's still breastfeeding, or a speech and language person if it's an older child, a chiropractor that can deal with um, alleviating any interference in nerve flow for the baby. So, that flexor tone we we're talking about, the baby's in that forward flex posture and the baby's really tight. We don't want that. So, having the chiropractor for that piece and then having the body work cranial sacral piece for relieving any t- uh, fascial tension in the system. So, I think you need all of that, that entire team to really get the best out. And typically we would see a baby pre-phrenectomy and post-phrenectomy to make sure that we're releasing, relieving any tension before the procedure, and then dealing with any of the aftermath effects from the procedure that we can help alleviate at that juncture.
1: So cranial sacral, chiropractic, and lactation consultant all working together.
0: Yes. Or speech and language if Mm -hmm. they're
1: older. Right. Yeah. Cause
0: they're going to work, work with the oral motor function piece, like the suck training exercises and things like that, that need to come online in conjunction with releasing the tongue.
1: Perfect.
0: As far as like doing the body work with pediatrics, I love what I do. It's sort of, it's sort of my gift. It's my purpose. It's, you know, I love being able to work with these small babies. It's so fulfilling because when you can connect with them and help them relieve any fascial tension, their lives change. They just feel better in their own little body. Like they're not fighting their own body. They, they, they're more comfortable. They're more at ease. They're more peaceful. And um, of course, when they're peaceful, mom's peaceful. So oftentimes when moms and babies come in to see me, I'm not only just working on the baby, but, you know, energetically, the mom is also getting some work done as well, just but because you're so connected at that juncture with your baby. So it's kind of a a beautiful thing to watch.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I remember that exact feeling of my own tension just relieving as I'm seeing my daughter be able to relax for the first time. And I guess we should actually go further, a little bit further into what it is that we're talking about when we're talking about this body work. What are you doing and what is being released? What's happening there?
0: Sure. So... So one of the differences, a lot of people, I want to highlight this, a lot of people in the birth world and, and other worlds, they'll say, oh, go get body work. And they'll say, well, I went to the chiropractor. They'll say, oh, I went to get a massage. So body work consists of many different things, but there's st- still a specific value of getting chiropractic care versus getting cranial sacral body work. Mm-hmm. So I would always recommend both because they do different systems on the body basically. But in terms of cranial sacral, what I'm doing is releasing fascial tension in the body. So fascia is sort of like, if you're thinking about a spider web or you're thinking about cotton candy, it's sort of that structure. Um, And it can inhibit structure and function because it connects to bones, tendons, tissues, everything. Um, And so I'm releasing the tension of the fascia. And if you've ever gotten, if, if you eat meat, if you've ever gotten a piece of raw chicken from the grocery store and you're washing it off and you see that white sort of meshy stuff that's attached that you usually wanna cut off before you cook it, that is fascia. So it, it helps you with structure and function, but if it's too tight, it's gonna impede that. And so I'm releasing the fascial tension in the body and also just helping the nervous system relax and regulate. So you're getting the, the baby or the child out of fight or flight. That's sort of specifically what I'm doing, when I'm helping And the fascia, even though if you're thinking of a tongue tie baby, the tongue underneath the tongue, the sublingual tissue there, the fascia under the neck and the throat and the tongue connects all the way down the midline of the body, the chest, the, the pelvis, the, it goes through the whole body, it's integrated. So sometimes you'll see when you go in for CST, you'll see um, the body worker might find some tension in the abdomen but you came in for a tongue tie issue in the throat, it's because they're finding tension in that part, that area of the body. And that's important to release it because as I said, it's a web, it's all connected. So if you're getting tension in one part of the body, you're not releasing, it's going to pull on that line up to where it's connected to maybe in the neck or
1: the, the throat. So Right. Okay. So it could be that you're experiencing shoulder pain, but when you're getting CST, they say, Oh, I'm yes. I'm noticing all this tension in your abdomen. Like it's because it's this pulling effect.
0: Correct.
1: Correct. Yep. Yep. That makes so much sense. And then also I'd love to just about the modality because some people are not going to know what this looks like, but can you talk about, I mean, it's such light touch. It it barely looks like anything.
0: Yeah. It's very, very gentle. It's non-invasive. It doesn't ever hurt. The only time a baby or child's fussy for me when I'm doing the work is usually if they're gassy. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they need to be fed, they're gassy or they're overtired, and that's going to be standard, they're going to be fussy anyways. but that's in terms of the work, it doesn't it's very it doesn't hurt at all. It's very gentle. It's actually quite relaxing because it relaxes the nervous system. So when I'm working on a baby, I'm often holding their head, I'm often holding their lower back, their sacrum, I'm feeling the back of their spine. Um, working on the front of their neck. Sometimes in babies with tongue ties, we'll work orally in the mouth and the roof of the mouth, the palate to help release tension or underneath the tongue to help release some tension. Um, And oftentimes we'll put them into these extension, we'll help guide their bodies into this extension positions that they can stretch, release and relax, Mm. um, which are all very important modalities.
1: Yes, that was a perfect explanation. And okay, so Dr. Chris, let's talk about why a baby would need a chiropractic adjustment when they would need it. I mean, I guess we could across the board say, let's have every baby get both all the time. <laughs> but what are some really big signs of, okay, there is, there is something going on and chiropractic care should be something that I look into now?
2: I think we have to reflect on the story of, your children and Heather's children and realize that this is such a critical time in the mom's life and it's not so much the problem as is the life effect you know if your baby's not feeding right and you're up tired because they're up all the time and they're colicky you got a you got a bigger problem than you think that you have it's um it's pretty critical you know we often think of things we minimize our problems right we don't want to think about it that way so you ever hear of kids that have SIDS sudden infant death syndrome yes so one millimeter pressure on your spinal cord and those kids because they can't pick their head up fail to thrive and pass out and die in their sleep right where someone like me i should have dead died but i, I lived but that also gave me uh, a bigger stronger lower part of my brain so my body grew bigger so you celebrate it as an athlete but you think of this mom with this baby that can't thrive because they can't feed that's a pretty big problem right and they have this neurological interference that's going on and they can't pick their head up and what would life look like if you didn't get that corrected you know Heather and I joke around a lot but our bodies are a little different um with the how much range of motion we have Mm -hmm. and because of Heather's own tongue tie stuff that I don't have our body's just more rigid and if you're a kid playing sports it leads you to more sports injuries and I wish I had a penny for every pregnant mom that showed up in my practice with the flexor dominant tone, not only in the pelvis, but in the neck, and it's impeding their pregnancy and it impedes their birth. So and then a lot of times that follows suit with the with the children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we're assessing is the neurological tone of your kid. And, you know, we you mentioned tummy time. That's the most important thing, because that's where we start building up our suboccipital muscles. And you want your child when they're laying on the bed to be able to really pick their head up and get an extension. You know, and if they're having a hard time with that and they're like drooling or they keep bobbing their head or stuck to one side, it's a really key indicator that something's off along with, you know, not able to latch properly, not feeding, the feedings are taking an hour and then the mom's nipple gets chewed up. Mm-hmm. Um, these are telltale signs, or even if you go to pick them up from their back and pull their hands up like a sit-to-pull test and their head's lagging behind, uh, it could be a problem. And then a lot of times these kids wind up showing up in their pediatrician's office with like ADHD or autism type stuff and then let's say they go get vaccinated they're way more prone to a vaccination injury you know I'm not Mm. for against vaccinations I just have questions concerns about safety efficacy and scheduling but if you have a kid that has low neurological tone and they do get vaccinated they're exponentially at risk for a a vaccine injury you know because not every kid that gets vaccinated gets an injury and why is that? has to do with the neurological tone of their front part of their brain being stronger than in other kid's.
1: Wow. That yeah, that's such an that's such an interesting aspect of that. And I remember that we talked about when when I brought Lillian to you guys, um, we talked a lot about how when the baby is kind of in a compressed, tight uncomfortable place in utero. So maybe there's not enough space in utero, you know, there's tightness and tension that that can cause these difficult positions. And there can be like a brain dominance, like right brain, left brain dominance. Dr. Chris, I feel like I remember you talking about that. What, what is that? And I guess it's kind it's the torticollis, right? Is that, is that related? Could you talk about that?
2: Yeah. So torticollis is just basically one side of the brain is stronger than the other. So our nervous system works two ways. It works reflexively, uh involuntarily, thank goodness. You know, it makes us jump out of the way of moving objects without <laughs> us thinking about it. Also getting, you know, childbirth is like this reflex that goes on, right? The yeah. contractions, these are all ref- imagine if you had to think about every time you need to have a contraction. Oh, great. <laughs> I do it <laughs> It also does things of turning things on and turning things off, right? So if one part of the brain is stronger than the other, uh, we'll get the muscles on the opposite side. Stay flexed. And that's where you'll see the head tilt or poor posture or torticollis in a baby. But it's the same thing in an adult, you know, and then they get other orthopedic concerns. So it's an overpull of a muscle from a brain imbalance. And that's what's actually <clears throat> preventing them from getting into full extension. And that's why, you know, when you, you ever pick a kid up and they just feel floppy, like heavy, mm-hmm. um, that's not a good thing. You know, when you pick a baby up, they should feel firm and present and like a little bullet, like a rock. And that's a good uh, evidence that the neurological tones may be not there for that child, and that they might have some developmental delays or uh, primitive reflexes that stay on longer than they should if they're floppy. If they're floppy, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. So as we as we wrap all of this up, I'd love to just hear any recommend recommendations that the two of you have when it comes to taking care of these newborns the best that we can and getting them what they need. Um, what do you, what do you recommend scheduling wise as it comes to chiropractic as it comes to cranial sacral? What, what do you see tends to be the most effective?
2: Well, the good thing about kids is that they just came out of the the womb. So they know more of where they came from versus us decrepit adults that built dysfunction on top of dysfunction. It takes a lot longer to correct that, Mm. you know, neural networks that wire together, fire together. So the kid remembers where they should be. So Heather often refers to moms that are in this crisis, just like yourself that, hey, my kid's not feeding, my nipples are killing me, I'm tired. Uh, We do the assessment, realize that there's a a brain imbalance going on that's causing some muscles to overreact. Uh, We get them adjusted one or two times, sometimes three, depending on how traumatic the birth was. Because let's face it, getting into the world is not easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, That can be traumatic in its own Right, so you know, every kid that comes in is a little different. Some have different degrees of tone to them. Some just need one little adjustment, some need a few, but uh, it definitely shouldn't take many to get them up and running to where they need to be unless it's got a uh, severe case history. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that makes life's mom so much better because as we said earlier, mom is a tough business and uh, the baby can be online, mom's life improves.
0: (laughs) Absolutely,
1: yeah. Oh, well, this has been such an amazing and an illuminating discussion. I know that I get questions all the time about chiropractic care for newborns, about cranial sacral therapy for newborns. So now we're going to be able to have this resource where moms can go and listen and hear exactly what this is and how it can benefit their babies, which in turn also, of course, benefits them. As we were talking about this connection where you are. You are more one being than you are two beings, you know, it's, you're so connected.
2: Yes.
1: So thank you both so much for taking the time to discuss your birth stories with us, to share all of the incredible knowledge that you have. It has been an absolute honor to have you on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much,
0: Caitlin. We appreciate
2: you. Thank you, Caitlin.
1: What a great episode. As we jump into this week's episode roundup, I have a few thoughts floating around in my head that I'd love to share with you. Number one, birth isn't intense only for us as mothers. It's important to remember that there's a second life involved in this, and he or she is doing quite a bit of maneuvering with you to meet you on the outside world. Let's honor the fact that this sweet little soul has worked so hard. And let's remember this when considering what we can do to help their bodies recover. Which leads me to my next point. Body work isn't just for adults. I am constantly reminding mothers of the importance of chiropractic care and fascial release, and we discuss it thoroughly inside of Happy Home Birth Academy. But it's important to remember that it doesn't stop with us. We can assess our infants and use our God-given intuitions to seek support when our babies are showing signs of tension, discomfort, dysregulation. It's so wonderful to have so many options. One of the biggest recommendations is to find these care providers in your area before giving birth so that they're at the tips of your fingers postpartum should you realize that you need them. And finally, before we head out, if you're local to the Asheville, North Carolina area, make sure you get connected with the Boy Hands at Align Life East Asheville. They host birth-related gatherings and do their best to inform the community of their options. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth
2: Podcast.